Octa Non Verba is a show that's raw and real, featuring hard-hitting interviews with people that live by the ethos of actions, not words. Marcus Aurelius Anderson is a TEDx speaker, best-selling author, veteran, and leadership and mindset coach. With this show, you get to join Marcus as he goes inside the minds and experiences of the world's most successful warriors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts. With each episode, you're going to get the philosophies, concepts, tactics, and strategies these leaders use to turn adversity into victory. Live an extraordinary life based on actions, not words. Now, here's your host, Marcus Aurelius Anderson. Octa non verba is a Latin phrase that means actions, not words. If you want to know what somebody truly believes, don't listen to their words. Instead, observe their actions. I'm Marcus Aurelius Anderson, and my guest today truly embodies that phrase. So who is Tatiana Gaidar? She's an American actress, dancer, and model with a background in professional dancing and martial arts. Born in Kiev, Ukraine, she grew up speaking Ukrainian, Russian, and English. Training for Gong Fu competitions and practicing dance rehearsals led her to a career in the entertainment industry. By the age of 19, Tatiana became one of the most popular dancers and choreographers in Eastern Europe and has directed choreography for TV shows on major networks, including the international franchise, So You Think You Can Dance. Tatiana is often compared to Penelope Cruz, both in appearance and acting style, and enjoys shooting action movies where she's able to fully express herself. You'll also see from her social media on Instagram that she's rubbing elbows on the silver screen as well on the gun range with people like Jack Carr, author of The Terminal List, her work on the set of Netflix new series Resident Evil. Tatiana, it's been a long time coming. You have a million things going on. You literally just jumped off the set and got on with us for this interview. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. You know a lot about me. It's like probably one of the best ever intro I've heard in my life. Yeah, you're kind of a big deal. And after that big intro, now we have to follow it up and make it something incredible. <laughs> I think we should wrap right here. Okay, so that's, thank it. You so much. that's it. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. <laughs> I like to make sure I do a lot of research on people. Even before I ask you to be on the show, I want to make sure who I have on and I want to make sure that my audience is exposed to good people. The first time I saw you, you were doing weapon manipulations. Really? Where? It was one you were on Instagram, you were doing stuff for Tantara Tactical. And I saw you doing all these different manipulations between the pistol transitioning to the, I think it was even three gun. You were using a shotgun and then the rifle. And it was just fantastic. I was like, this girl knows what she's doing. So how do you go to a place where you're able to get involved with that sort of firepower, but still maintain this sort of flexibility and this creativity as a movie star, basically? That's a question nobody ever asked me before. Yes, we're off to a good start. That's what <laughs> I wanted. nailed it from the very <laughs> first question. And that's a tricky question, to be honest with you, because... I guess I'm just a firecracker. <laughs> yeah, you're a firecracker. <laughs> I think it's a balance and just juggling around schedule. So I always have at least 10 minutes or 20 minutes a day to, let's say, stretch. And then I have at least 10 minutes a day to do any kind of gun manipulation in my hands. Or, you know, right now, for example, I'm training every day other A-list actresses for their films. So I'm actually down the range, just talking, talking and training. I'm not training myself much, but by training other people and really caring about them, being better at it, I am becoming better myself because I'm really paying attention. What are they doing that not getting them to next level? 
and every person is different. And that makes me think about, okay, well, next time, next time, which is probably going to be in two or three months when I have time to train myself, I'll try this or that. And same with acting, find at least 10 minutes or an hour a day where I either train myself with acting or watch a really good movie and stretch while I watch. Sometimes when I watch a movie, I stretch and I do gun reloads, obviously with empty gun or laser gun, toy gun, just kind of doing some kind of manipulation. So I'm just playing with that while I watch movie and I'm going hang out with some of my friends, which are directors and producers, and you learn so much by talking to them. <laughs> so it's funny. It's like you're living your life, but at the same time, you do know your one, two, three per day that you need to keep working. And those one, two, three per day, every day, those actions, like you said in the beginning, it's all about the actions you take, not the words, but one, two, three action per every single day is going to get me better tomorrow. And it's going to give me more confidence or lead to something, new ideas like the day after that. So I hear a lot of people, you know, saying that I have time and I understand. I wish I had like an hour to work out today, but I don't. I, I'm going to have like after our podcast, I'm going to have like an hour to watch a movie and stretch and do some maybe gun reloads, maybe not because I'm tired, just stretch and watch a movie and then go to sleep because tomorrow I have to wake up super early to train again actors for the film. So, okay. So here's number one, making it simple, just like to one, two, three things per day that can get you close to where you want to be and just do it. It's all about action. Find the time, even if it's like three minutes or five minutes. Sometimes I do work out like for three minutes. That's all I have. Just do a little yoga stretch, maybe 10 abs, sit-ups and go. So it's even that little. It's going to give you more confidence, more self-esteem, and that feeling that you get something accomplished. It's going to give you motivation to keep going. Not, oh, I never have time. So, you know, I'm probably not going to do it. Yeah. And that creates the momentum. And back yeah. to what you were saying earlier about teaching, I do martial arts as well. And sometimes teaching is more important. One teach, but two learn. Oh, that's so smart. Right. And so you're showing this actress and if she's holding the gun with a teacup instead of actually pressing out, you're like, where is she learning that? And then if you look at yourself and you say, oh, I'm the one that did that. Now, all of a sudden, you learn as well as they do. And now everybody's winning. What martial arts you did? I did Taekwondo, Karate, Aikido, Bruce Lee's martial art, Jeet Kune Do, Kali. And then I was in the military. I was with the light infantry. So all the weapons, the transition to the blade, to the pistol, to the rifle, to the empty hand, back to the disarm, to re-engage multiple opponents, jujitsu, whatever it was. But when you have that 360-degree understanding, it shows you, one, the limitation of what this weapon is. Two, it also shows you the mentality of the person holding it because most of the time, if the person has a pistol or even a blade, the person with the blade and the person being engaged is worried about this one thing, but there are other weapons that are at play. And if they aren't looking at these other lines, if they're not looking at where you stop them on the foot or where you headbutt them, now there's openings that you can create if you're aware of that. And that comes from the training. And we learn a lot in the teaching process as well. That's awesome. Much respect. Well, much respect to you. I can't do the things that you do. You're much more talented. You're able to do the scorpion kicks behind your head and stuff. I don't have that kind of flexibility. And then on the screen, I mean, I've seen you do all kinds of stuff. I think it was the newest one was a Resident Evil when you were doing a lot of the stunt work on that as well, correct? Resident Evil, I was doing weapon training. I wasn't doing a stunt work. And that's where I'm like, want to be honest with everybody. I'm very respectful of stunt people. And I'm an actress. I love martial arts. I'm addicted. 
just like I can feel it in you. I have so much respect for people who are doing it for real, like who people have been in army, for people who are in the military, mar- real martial artists, like real competitive shooters, like people who are doing that for real, all the heart and respect and not just kind of wiggling, waggling. So same with stunts. I probably did like a couple of jobs, but it was like stunts was like acting lines. So it was like acting. And that's what I want to be honest with everybody. People who admire my work, I want them to know that I'm honest and I want to teach everybody about honesty. If you're an actor, be an actor. If you're a stunt performer, be a stunt performer. Do you know many people who are like really good at two things? No, you can serve one master. You can either be a great actor or a great stunt person, right? Exactly. And let's be honest here. So today I had one of the stunt performers, a girl who have been there in stunts for 18 years old. And the stories should tell me what she's going through doing crazy motorcycle stunts or getting her head beat off by an A-list actor in the wall. And then the A-list actor getting an Oscar for it and she gets nothing. So let's just be honest with that. Like stunt people, they need to get so much more respect for what they do and what they go through and the amount of accidents happens just because, you know, it's not because nobody was safe on set. It's just because it's a hard and dangerous work to do. So that's what I really want everybody to tell. You want to be an actor, pursue acting. Martial arts is great, but don't say that, oh, I'm an actor who does my own stunts and like I'm like a great stunt performer who is an actor. It's actually, to be honest with you, it's two different worlds. Yeah, if you walk into a casting call, you're not going on to say, oh, I'm an actor that does stunts. It's like you're either going in to read the lines or you're going there on as a stunt person. And there's, like you said, two very different worlds. Yes, for sure. That's powerful. I didn't mean to misspeak, but I wanted to make sure that I was letting people know what you do. No, it's it's great. There's a second question that never been asked before. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, no, no. I've been interviewed quite a few times. And if they just ask the same questions over and over again, it's not as compelling. It's not as exciting for you. And then here's what happens when we have this interaction and we engage. The audience gets something that they wouldn't normally get also. So now everybody wins. And this gives us an opportunity for you to talk about stuff that you wouldn't normally get to talk about. Oh, for sure. And it's something very, very important because I've heard like maybe in person a couple of times people saying that I have not heard publicly actors or people actually talking about it. So it's really good to bring awareness to it. Absolutely. So Jack Carr, tell us about how you met him. You've got pictures with him. I saw you were at Thunder Ranch doing sniper training obviously on the range as well. So tell us about that. So that's how I met him. Taron had his books at the range and I'm like, who's this writer? And I'm always looking for new books to read, to be honest with you, because that's another thing I think keeps us growing is just reading. And in the world we're living, when people just live in social media, Instagram, like looking at other people's life and not really doing anything about their own life. It's messing up with our brains. So keep reading books, you know, paper books or you don't have time to read. I hear it a lot. Guys, I don't have time to read too, like one to 10 pages per day, but I catch up listening audiobooks and then come home and like read before I go to sleep. So I start, I pick up a Terrence, his book, Terminalist, and I started reading and then Savage Sun and then listening in the car audio. And then one day Terrence like, hey, do you want to go to Thunder Ranch? Heidi and Clint want to see us. They're they're my good friends, but I never have time to go. Shall we go or not to learn how to sniper? I'm like, 
hell yeah, of course. Like, whoa. <laughs> so then what happened? Tiran got so busy with training. He's like, oh no, we don't have time to go. I'm like, no, no, we're going. He's like, no, no, we don't. So I, I'm like, I'm telling Heidi, like, no, we're going, we're buying tickets, we're flying. Tiran, you can't, you can't get out of this. We're going. Tiran's like, so where are we going? I'm like, yeah, we're going. <laughs> And um, so we fly out there. It was beautiful. It's just the facility is amazing. Heidi and Clint are wonderful people. Clint is so knowledgeable. Heidi is so wise and knowledgeable. And she's there for him with a business. It's just, you know, nice energy, nice people. And for everybody who wants to learn how to sniper, I was like, just, you have to go to Thunder Ranch. They have a lot of different courses and, you know, like curriculums. How do you call it? Curriculums. Yes. Yeah like the different courses when you guys can register through the website and go. So when we came there, she's like, Oh, surprise. We have Jakar. And I'm like, Jakar. And with Max, I'm like, Jakar, Jakar, who is Jakar? <laughs> Everybody said laughing. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> and then Jack was so humble. He was so awesome. He was just a dude that was fun to watch movies with and talk. And then I figured out, Oh my God, it's Jakar. Like, the author of books and he's an amazing writer and then i get to know you know his thinking and his stories of his life and how he had this vision about chris pat being the lead of his books and one day make his books into series and a show and that he was working really hard he knew what he wants to do and every single day he was going towards it so for me as a young actress who just trying to hustle and make it in hollywood i was like Wow, this is an inspiring story. If Brad Pitt could have made it, Penelope Cruz, Jack Carr did. Well, guess what? It's gonna ha- I'm going to make it too. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep working, keep writing my, my stuff. I'm, I'm just going to keep, keep driving forward. And we become a really good friends after Thunder Ranch. And it was way before he started prep and found spawn producers for his show and for Chris Pat. And it was just wonderful throughout these years to see him evolve and then get Chris Pat. And the show is amazing and get trained them. And it was, it was amazing. And he's a really good shot. Yeah. Again, I saw him on some of the clips that you had at the range. And again, it was like, everything is precision. Everything is locked out. There's no hesitation. Everything is just so solid. It's just smooth and then boom it locks in his place and it's like yeah but again he's a former navy seal so those guys get a couple of shots down range once in a while yeah he's a former navy seal and he got all of his you know basics and his last video he just posted on instagram he came for his book signing in like suit which was like do i know this person he looked completely different he's like so stylish and like a gentleman and then he just shredded and it was awesome to see that the stunts like I get to see myself like on Bosch the stunt you know when I'm rolling down the stairs and stuff I didn't do that stunt <laughs> it's my stunt it was the only stunt I have not done I've done everything myself but it was a stunt when I'm like first of all the production didn't let me do it because we still have a lot of acting to shoot after and if something happened <laughs> you cannot <laughs> make me talk anymore so you know what most most of the time like in movies and tv shows if you guys don't know it is shoot out of order it's not like how you guys see it, but it's how it's more convenient for the production to shoot it, for the budget and lights and everything and other actors. There's a lot of things involved. But anyways, I just saw her doing the fall in the stairs. And then there was another big action movie I worked on. I can't say it right now, but there was a stunt where the guy was falling down the stairs, falling down the stairs, like the stairs with the highest 
I don't know how many stairs. It, guys, it was a lot. It was you just fall down, fall down, fall down, fall down. And they were shooting shot after shot after shot. And I'm like, holy shit. I think like there is nothing going to be left from him. But he get up, brush off, keep going. So it's inspiring for me as an actress to do the same to the stunt people I will get to work with. And it should be inspiring to everybody to give back to people who actually contribute to your success. Like you said, these people were given everything and that's what happens. As they elevate, it's that tide that rises all boats. And that's what it is. If we're all on the same mission and we have this ability to make their life better because they're given everything, why not? That's true. So you do a lot of different martial arts and you shoot a lot of weapons. Can you tell us what your favorite weapon is that you enjoy shooting the most? So funny. It's still Glock. But it's Glock Combat Master from Terran Tactics. <laughs> yeah, of course. But it's a big of difference, course. guys. A huge difference. People who own it probably know it. It's like driving a Porsche or Lamborghini. It's a little different than driving Mercedes or Toyota or any other cars. You know, it's different. And tell us about Terran Tactics a little bit more. Because if you guys aren't following them on social media, by all means, do so. And anybody who's anybody that's actually in the industry or anyone that you want to see pick up a weapon and just fire this beautiful, whether it be a Glock or he's got that Combat Master 1911 that is just, oh, it looks yeah. like butter. Sand Viper. Yeah, yeah. Sand Viper. I <laughs> shot it on points. Really? Can you imagine? Jeez. I shot it on ballet points. There is one of the videos on YouTube. If you Google Tatiana Gadar ballerina or something points, I'm shooting that Sand Viper 2011 on points. Wow. And I'm shooting a Texas Star, you know, that moving one target? Yes, yes, yes. No yeah. pickup. First time ever. One run, one shot. Wow. And I'm like, wow, I want this. It's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not kidding, guys. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, if you can do it on points, so accurate and not miss, it's worth having it. It's really good. It's like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a cheetah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and, it's a cheetah gun. <laughs> and, and how did you meet him? And how did you guys come together? Okay, so first of all, who's Taryn? Taryn is a legend. He, to me, he's like a CG person, not real person, like a green screen. Because when I see him shoot, I'm like, how can you go that fast? Like, it's even like, it's impossible. It's, it's as if somebody's speeding you up or there's some kind of magic trick, like in Las Vegas, when people do the magic tricks on you, <laughs> it feels like that. <laughs> so Taryn have been a competitive shooter his entire life. And he had been winning competitions his entire life. He's the last combat master, which means he's like from all the legends. He's the one who's still alive. Everybody else not with us anymore, unfortunately. But he's like the last one who carries the legend of three gone from the very beginning when everything started back in the 90s, when it became like a huge sport where people, you know, start watching on a top shop reality shows and understand what it's for. And respecting it as a sport because it is a sport at the end of the day when you're doing competitive shooting it's just like gymnastics or swimming it's a sport and it takes practice learning discipline it's not easy at all so Taryn being like winning his life like he has a cup at his range when it's his name it's only his name on the cup nobody ever beat him it's like Taryn Butler Taryn Butler from year to year Taryn Butler Taryn Butler <laughs> it's really funny it's a great cup, but it's just only Terrence thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, his story is also like Jack Carr, expiring, inspiring. He never had, you know, much money or all the things that people have to start their businesses. He started from a garage. 
his business started from a garage, from Terran, the only brand doing the guns, figuring out how to, what separates really Terran from all the other companies is that he has been competing and shooting himself the entire life. And then when he builds the guns, he can tune it up and do it the way that that makes him different, better than all the other companies. Because he knows how to tweak it and he tweaks for every single person that I see him come out, you know, buy separate also like for them. And he knows all these little tricks and things, how he builds his guns that set him apart. So that's much respect to that. How I met Taryn was when I moved from Ukraine to LA. First of all, I moved here because of X-Files was David Duchovny. I want to marry him. I was completely in love. Yes, I want to be Scully. I want to be a FBI agent. <laughs> I love it. I want to be a CIA or FBI agent, some kind of spy, like in real life, not in the movies, but just as a career. And I fall in love with the idea of doing it all for real, get trained for real, but doing it as an actor, which was better for my family because my family didn't want me to be a spy. No, that's probably <laughs> not the good. They probably wouldn't be happy with this. Like, so I wonder if Tatiana's okay. Well, she's on radio silence, so we're not going to know until six months from now. Exactly. That was the reason for my dad and mom. I just, you know, moved here with $200 in my pocket, kind of trying to figure out, long story. And then when the Instagram pop out, a friend of mine told me, hey, you should register on Instagram and start an account. And a lot of people, that, that was a time when Instagram just started and a lot of people start making like influencer careers out of it. And my friends like, hey, just like start doing some videos and stuff. And I created an account and then I put Taryn on my phone in a notes, meet Taryn Butler. <laughs> Taryn is a private range and he only trains like celebrity and actors for the movies. And Obviously, I just kind of put me turn Butler and just I was hoping I can book something, some role so I can meet him. So by an accident or maybe by my mind, you know, when you set your mind or something, you always will get to it. I did met him. I met him through a friend of a friend of mine randomly. And I told him my story <laughs> and I told him my dream. <laughs> and I think he was a little shocked because he didn't expect it that much from me. <laughs> <laughs> and I did book an action film and I came out trained for it with him. And then I was super, I think maybe it comes from a dance teaching experience. You know, I taught and I was in dance and teaching other people. I have my own school and a studio and giving workshops and master classes. I started helping him and teaching, being very detailed with teaching and good with people. And he noticed it. And he's just like, well, kind of, how about you just, you know, not only train for your movies, how about you just help me train other people? And I'm like, fine. And then he's like, how about you go to competitions with me? Just come to competitions with me. I'm like, sounds, okay, sounds good. It's scary, but it sounds good. That's incredible. And how long ago was that? That was two years ago. This is my second year right now. That's incredible. And there's something to be said, like you say, the best Leaders and coaches have the heart of a student, but the soul of a teacher. They really want to do that. And so a lot of people want to pick up the gun and get the brass hot and go through all the range and have this incredible run. But very few of them want to go through and show this person 
you're flagging your hand whenever you're drawing, or you need to keep the gun down there at range. It's very simple things, but they'll sit there and sort of point fun or look at this newbie or whatever like that. But it takes a special kind of person that wants to teach because you're investing in that person and you're investing in the inefficiency at the moment to give them something long-term. And not a lot of people are willing to do that, especially in Hollywood, where it's very much me, 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 what can you do for me? How will this help me? But yet you were doing it for the right reasons. And all of a sudden you get this tremendous opportunity. And I mean, how else would your skill set have increased so much in two years had you not been in that place? It's the truth. So, I mean, doing things for the right reason, it's always the right thing. That is so, I want everybody to right now to pay attention actually and point at you what you said. Doing the things for the right reason. Because even like recently, a couple of days ago, I'm just, I found like another guy who's trying to be Taryn and another girl who's trying to be Tatiana and then doing all these dangerous things at the gun range, just pointing gun at each other's, like while they're actually have one bullet in the chamber. And I'm looking at all of this. They're doing this for the wrong reason. They're trying to be, call themselves celebrity range. Guys, you're not celebrity range. You are not Taryn. You are not Tatiana. It's just you better do things for the right reason and focus on what do you do the best in your life. It's scary to see some people just pointing things and just trying to copy something, but they're just doing it for the wrong reason. Like you said, there's a huge risk at that. I mean, for people that don't understand anything when you have live ammo, anything when you have a bullet in the chamber, no matter how good you are or how good you think you are, there's always an opportunity for somebody to be injured. And let's be honest, nobody plans on shooting somebody unless they're having to defend themselves. But yet it still happens consistently because people are not respecting the weapon. They're not really respecting the person that they're around in the process. And so there's a whole reason why, like you were saying, that you have an unloaded weapon or you have a laser pistol or whatever. Even when I'm dry firing at home, I put all the live ammo in another room. There's no way I could possibly put something live in that pistol because now I can still get the feel. But again, we're either getting better or we're getting worse. There's no in between. And when you're doing things like what you're describing that these people are doing, that's doing nothing but hold them back and endanger other people unnecessarily. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Exactly. And it's a good word you just said, respecting not only guns, but just respecting everything that you do in your life. You know, you're not going into the boxing class without your arms up here and like open up, like just hit me, hit me. Like, oh my God, my nose is broken. What did you do to me? I'll see you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's the way people think today. I know that you're spending a lot of time with me now, so I appreciate that. I want to ask you questions that are going to actually be of substance to you and give you positive things. All the people that I know that are successful that are at the highest level. I've never seen one of them that didn't go through some sort of hardship, some sort of difficulty in their life, some sort of adversity. Like with my story or with my book, being injured, being paralyzed from the neck down, dying on the table, being told that I'd never walk again. You have a book? Yeah. I'm going to read your book now. I'll send you one. You can listen to it on Audible too. Send me one. Absolutely. With autograph. Yeah, I'll autograph it for you. But Sounds great. to me, that adversity became a gift because it forced me to look at all the things that I wasn't learning. I've done martial arts my whole life. So that philosophy came back and kind of saved me, but there was a lot of hardship. I had to go through that hard darkness before I could get stronger. Were you paralyzed completely or something happened? I was paralyzed. I ruptured a disc in my neck and from the neck down, oh, I was paralyzed for about four months. And it's when I was in the military preparing to deploy. Oh, wow. So that happens. I'm looking at my life and I look back on all the stuff that I regretted. I was angry at everybody. I was pissed off. I felt like a victim. 
But eventually I was able to work through that because I actually found real gratitude, not the bullshit gratitude that people talk about. And that's what allowed me to get some semblance of feeling back. And then eventually a year and a half later, I was able to recover. But the gift of that adversity for me was it showed me all the things I had taken for granted, all the opportunities that I said, I'll do that tomorrow, all the things that I assumed would be fine. And now, just like you're saying every day, you have two or three things that are the priorities that day. And no matter what happens, you get those done because once this day is gone, it never comes back. And all of our intentions mean nothing until we're actually doing something with them. Our words are just empty vessels until they are filled with action. So for you, can you tell us about a hardship in your life that at the time you didn't know how you were going to get through it, but then once you did, you look back and you found these gifts, these things that made you stronger and you're almost grateful that it happened? Yes. So the first tragic accident that happened in my life was when I was 18 years old and I had this friend of mine, Daniel. He was a wonderful man, but I was too stupid to realize that because I was young. And my mom wanted him to marry me. He was in love with me. But again, I was young. I was a rebel. I had an idea that I will be an FBI agent and I will leave Ukraine. So no mom, you know, getting me married or any kind of settled back home in my country. And we entered university together after school. We were doing Kung Fu together with Danny. We were doing martial arts. That's how we become friends. And after we entered university, I left home and I remember my mom called me and he's like, where did you go? I thought you guys going to celebrate it. We just both entered a different universities, but at the same time, and it was August, like right now it was end of August. And I told my mom, mom, I'm just exhausted. I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I'm going to the village of my grandmother and I'm going to spend by the river. I'm going to swim. I don't want to talk to Daniel right now. I just want to be left alone. And I left. And next morning, my mom called me and she told me that he died. He drowned with my mom. And I will never forget the tears of my mother, the tears of mine, the regret I was having for years since that happened for not saying goodbye, for not saying I'm sorry, for not saying congratulations for not sharing that moment, no matter what relationship I had with that person, he didn't do anything wrong to me. I felt so guilty. I felt so regretful uh, from that moment, from now on. I try to tell it everybody around me when I see that people just kind of take moments for granted, that this moment will never be the same. Whatever you have right now, celebrate it. Find time, find money, find a person with or even say goodbye, hello, I love you. Don't go sleep if you fight with someone. Forgive, ask forgiveness, break up, whatever you want, but break up on a good note. But don't just fight and then go sleep. And then next morning, that person might not wake up. And now you're going to be left alone like I was, with this regret and just seeing that person being buried so young and as if it's just a nightmare, but it wasn't. So that was a very hard years in the university for me. And that tragedy led me to go to a dance class and now found a therapy in a dance because I was able to release all the tears and anxiety and things I couldn't tell anyone 
because I was guilty and I felt myself guilty. And I, you know, at that time in Ukraine, there was no such thing as a therapist to go talk to. So I found it through art to make choreography, tell stories, breakup stories, death stories, you know, all these moments that I've learned through the dance and art and dancing 24 hours per day in between all the breaks in the university while I was studying my ecology program. I was just dancing, dancing, and it got me really good, really fast. And I kind of dedicated my dance career to Daniel because he always dreamed to dance. So I felt like I'm going to do it for both of us. And I'm going to get it somewhere on TV and I'm going to make his dream happen too. And I always feel somehow his support in back. And I felt like he forgave me eventually, but it took years. Then the second hardship was, it was hard. It was for five years. I was trying to open a visa to come to America. Guys, it never happened. It's like all of my friends like entering university programs and I got rejected competitions they go and I got rejected it's just like everything like no 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 it's like as if there is no luck but I kind of keep going keep going until I randomly heard that somebody's looking for a dancers to go to Philadelphia I'm like wait wait guys you're looking for what what like I would love to join like I would love to go I got to go to the Philadelphia with Ruslana Lezhichko, which is Ukrainian artist, very famous in Europe and Ukraine. She won Eurovision for Ukraine. She right now, she fights for Ukraine with Klitschko and, and Zelensky, with Vladimir and Vitaly Klitschko. And she was a wonderful woman. She was my mentor as a, as a female. She was all about health and smart thinking and, you know, be productive and going towards her dream. She was like that Robocop. She never stopped. She just kept going, keep going. It's like, it was exciting to be around. Like, wow, that woman, she just keep going. And we came to the Philadelphia. So now we are here in America. My dream come true, right? I got a visa. Yay. But the visa was only for four days. Come, rehearse, uh, dance, and leave home. But when we enter the U.S., they give us, you know, visa that they give everybody. It's a permit to stay here for, I think, half of the year, but you cannot leave back and forth. So if you stay, want to stay here as a tourist, you can, like, legit. So after the concert, I talk to Ruslana, and I'm like, well, I have a dream. <laughs> and I told her my dream to pursue acting and to do action and all the FBI and David DeConey crap and, <laughs> and nonsense. And <laughs> she told me that, you know, you're young, you're beautiful, you are unmarried, you don't have your life yet. Why don't we do this? I'll give you, I'll pay you for the concert. I'll change your tickets from Ukraine to LA and you figure it out. I'm not going to tell the team because otherwise I have to do it for the entire team. I'm just leaving you behind and you figure it out. So now I have to betray my team again, like I did with Daniil. So it's like, oh, I'm not going to say goodbye again. And now I have to talk to my mom and dad and not coming back either. And there was a time during the Crimea, the war, the first war, Russia, Ukraine. So I talked to my mom and dad and I told them like, listen, I have this opportunity. What do they think? And they told me it's a war uh, started in Crimea. So nobody knows. I mean, Kiev was fine at that time. Kiev was fine. And they told me, listen, like, how about you just actually go towards your dream? Because who knows what's going to happen to Ukraine? And my mom and dad was right. Because right now, it's, as you understand. So I listened to my mom and dad. And that was really hard moment. Guys, it was really hard. I had $200 in my pocket. 
I didn't have a place to stay. I started texting people on the Facebook. Every dance choreographer knew if I can stay with anyone, if anybody knows place. And one of the friends of mine gave me a number of a car dealership. The guy was from Ukraine who gave me a beaten up car, an old car. I just got my driving license in Ukraine. I have never driven more than 20 miles per hour. So all of these hardships was, okay, I don't have a place to live. I have $200 in my pocket. My Ukrainian card is not going to work here. I don't have, you know, American card. I am flying here right now to Los Angeles. Yeah, my dream come true. But what the fuck am I going to do? My English is not really good. I learned it from X-Files, but it's not like right now. People can actually understand what I'm saying. <laughs> it used to be people was like, wait, what? Is it bitch or beach? What do you mean? <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> yeah, I had that moment. Actually, somebody said, what did you call me? What do you mean? What are you trying to say? So now I'm in Los Angeles. I'm going to this guy. I'm picking up an old car. An old car become my home for the next six months to live. So now I'm eating from Ralph some nuts. I'm picking up some, you know, the cheapest food from one cent store. I'm completely not the level I used to be in Ukraine when I had my apartment. I have my school. I have a good money. So now I'm here and basically broke like a homeless living in the car. I can't talk really much. Tell my mom and dad what's happening because like, are you crazy? Go back home. I don't have friends here. I have a lot of people who wanted guys want to take advantage of me. And I'm working all these crazy jobs. Like I'm trying to find a job in the grocery store, in the Russian grocery store. I'm working as a nanny. I'm working as a personal assistant for this real estate guy. I'm dancing in some clubs for some cash. So I'm going through so much shit. But in the back of my head, I'm going to go through it. I'm like the character of Dark Angel or, you know, X-Files or any other Marvel character that ever inspired me to be strong and just go through it. And right now I look back, I'm like, wow, I was really crazy. Like that I just kind of believe that I'm this strong character. And this hardship got me really sick, guys. My body was, I thought I have a cancer. I have a lot of, how to say it, inflammation coming out of my body for eating this one cent store, Starbucks's. In Ukraine, we have all organic food, no pesticides, no sugar. Right here in America, there's there's a lot of poison inside of the food that people just eat. They don't know what they eat. They don't read the ingredients. If you guys just right now go to your fridge, open up what you have here in your fridge, anything like um, at some kind of soda or ketchup or anything you have and look at the ingredients, they're going to be so much stuff you can't even pronounce it. And it's all coloring and chemicals. So here I am, right? My dream come true. I'm like living in this car. I'm getting super sick. And I don't have insurance. I don't have money. And I'm going to Barnes and Nobles. Thanks God I was in university, study ecology. So books, you know, being a nerd is a good thing sometimes. I'm like, I'm going to go to the bookstore and I'm going to heal myself. So now I'm going to the bookstores. I'm picking up Jessica Alba, Honest Life. I'm picking up Cameron Diaz, Longevity and Body Book. I'm picking up China Study about the food and everything. And I'm picking up shit ton of other books about health and nutrition and i'm learning everything that's happening in this country and i'm like oh my god i'm just basically killing myself right now so that time i already found through a friend of a friend of mine that i danced with with the clubs she gave me a place to live her name was jane she was super sweet she was russian and she was amazing person and she's like what 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 are you doing just come leave with me you don't have to pay anything we just become friends and I start learning about, you know, food, nutrition and everything. And I did heal myself. 
And all of this inflammation just ran away from my body. It was a really hard time. I get through it. Then just recently right now, I mean, I'm not saying about acting career. It's not really happening to me as fast as I dreamed of, but I'm not giving up. It's still very, very hard. And it's like, oh, you're too pretty. Oh, you're too talented. Can you be less talented? Oh, we actually have a role for you, but it just went away to another person because we need different ethnicity people in the show and all that. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay, I'm just going to keep going. Oh, your accent's too big. Oh, you don't have American accent. You are too American accent. Can you go a little bit more Russian? <laughs> so it's, it's, always, it's always just like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. But recently, another struggle was Ukrainian war. It's another one. It's wow. It's just like one day you wake up and your mom and dad's like, we just got bombed from Kiev. And now you have your entire family, my mom and dad, my sister, my aunt, my uncle, my grandmother who had the cancer, my cousin, everybody in Kiev by the presidential area. And that's where it's bombing. It was really, really hard times because I've been so far and I couldn't really do much, even though I wanted to. But you can't really do much except just rescue your loved ones. So I got my mom, my dad, and my sister. It costs a lot of money, but obviously it's your family. Money is not a question when it comes to the life. You don't really think about money. But just seeing my friends dying, the friends that I actually grew up dancing and acting, just randomly shot. And in the war, there's so many accidents that, that happen that people just get in an accident, get shot randomly by doing nothing, basically. It's just because it's a war. That made you stronger. That put you in the position that you are now. What kept you going, especially like you said, when you're homeless in a car and you don't have anything in the near future, you just kept going because you believed in yourself or because of that character that you believed in in your mind that this is what it takes for me to get to this next place? Because a lot of people would have just saved up money and said, screw this, I'm flying back home. So what kept me going back in a time when I was living in a car was a dream to be that character. And I think even I believe that that character existed in a movie, I can be that character right now, but in real life. Every character in the movies, a lot of characters in the movies, like fiction characters, they also come from something real. And a lot of movies right now that you see, it's actually based on a true stories. Even like look at the Jack Carr, right? He's actually done a lot of stuff real himself. And then he put it in a book and then he put it into the character fiction, but it comes from somebody real. And honestly, there is probably a lot of CIA, FBI agents who are doing a lot of things for real, but nobody knows about it because it's secret. So in my head was if that movie exists and this character, it's made from a real inspiration and I can be that real inspiration one day. I can be that real character. And Ukraine what got me through Ukraine was understanding that there is nothing in the world comes before your family and you will do anything possible for your family because you have only one family in this life. And that's it. You love it or not, you hate them or not, forgive them and understand you have the only one mom and dad and they did the best they could, whatever they could when they were young. Maybe that's the only thing they knew how to do it. So don't guys, don't be like, angry at your mom and dad they probably did the best they could just forgive them and love them and this war taught me like holy moly i would die for my family like i love them so much there was a lot of things like i wish you know to let me do what i want to (laughs) do but even right now you know my mom wanted me to be a ballerina like professional ballerina but i told my mom no no dancers doesn't make much money like i'm gonna be a fbi agent i'm gonna do martial arts and i started doing martial arts 
But then now, eventually, I'm having so much fun to actually keep doing ballet. And I'm so grateful for my mom to forcing me to do that and for forcing me to do those splits and for like giving me that uh, and for forcing me to go to martial arts schools that give me so much discipline. So if there's somebody that's listening to us right now and they're going through a hard time, what advice would you give them? How would you tell them to keep going? It's funny. I almost start crying with you guys if you're going through a hard time right now start crying because I know how it feels in my heart to go through a hard time. I want to tell you, cry. Don't hold the emotions inside of you. Scream if you need to, but don't scream with your neighbors because they're going to call cops on you. It's getting your car dry off and scream. Let it all out. Go to boxing class. Let it frustration out. It's okay to go through hard times. It's okay to cry. It's okay to not be perfect. It's, so, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to scream. What you need to do, what you need to know is that everybody in their life goes through up and down, up and down, no matter how successful you are, no matter how pretty you are, no matter how wise you are, no matter how much money you have. All the billionaires and stuff, they also go through up and downs, losing everything, getting everything. It's just life. And if you feel that your life only goes like this, like down, 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 you really need to pause. There's probably something you're doing wrong. It's either your mindset is not positive enough and you're kind of stuck in the zone and you think that you're just going to go down. So you keep going down, even sabotaging yourself even more. You need to slow down, even at some point, just stop doing everything, just kind of freeze, let the energy a little settle, maybe pick up a really nice books, maybe your book too, Marcus, get some books from people who have been paralyzed, from people who did lost everything, for people who did almost die. I remember when I got all this weird stuff in my body, I picked up a book from a cancer survivor. There is a, I forgot her name, but it's in the Barnes and Nobles, if you guys ask. It's a wonderful book to read because it gives you like idea, oh, wait, this person almost died? Like you, you've been paralyzed, almost lost everything, but you recovered, right? So if you did it, you did it, and you did it, I can do it too. So I can go through this hard time. So if you're going downhill, pause, yell, scream, let it all out. Don't hold this negative emotion inside of you. It's going to be very destructive. You're going to get sick. So let it all out, pause, rewire your brain. You do need to get a little more positive, read books, kind of got in a little different vibrations. And the other thing I like to do is start doing things differently. I remember a lot of times in my life, I was felt like I'm trapped. You know, same people, same negative accidents. It's just everything going circle. And I realized it comes from me. So just like in that movie, I don't know if you've seen it or not, Marry Me with Jennifer Lopez. She's like, if everything in your life just it's the same and you feel like you're trapped, you have to act differently. And the key word is your word, Marcus, act. It's all about action. It's not even about your thinking. You can like read all of this self-development books. I'm a millionaire. I am a millionaire. Read yourself every morning. And I have friends who do that. I'm a millionaire. I'm going to make this amount of money. But then if you're not acting differently every single day, it's going to be the same result. So start taking different actions that's going to lead to the different results. It's going to lead to different people. You're going to meet different people. If you go to like 44-hour gym, quit it. Go to Equinox, go to Gold's Gym and whatever it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just even changing simple things like going to different workout gym or changing your workouts completely or changing your diet, change your friends. <laughs> 
I read this book, Tim Ferriss, for for our workbook. Did you read that book? Yeah, the Mecca. Yeah. So he he said so awesome, and that phrase really stick with me. Is that four people or five people that you hang out the most is you? Like it's an average of four or five people you hang out the most describes you, because they do affect you subconsciously. So if you're not getting results you think you deserve or you can't achieve. Maybe there is something in your circle too. You need to change your friends. I love that, and it's so true. And and it's the five people that we surround ourselves that influence us, but it's the emotion that they evoke within us that's actually the most important thing. So if these people are all, like you said, if these people are all driven, they all want the best for themselves. They want you to be better. You're going to do that. But if they're all like pessimistic and they're all not taking care of themselves and they're sleeping in and they're just lazy. Complaining about life and then all this stuff. It's negative energy. You have to cut it off. They're victims. They're just playing that place. Yeah. It's victims. Thank you for saying that. And this was funny. One of the book I read about, you know, about this victimization and stuff. I actually, guys, to be honest with you, I dropped a lot of my friends and I cleanse it up and I got different results in my life. I start meeting different people. Yeah, I might not met, and I might still don't have as many friends as I wish to, but they will come with in the right time. But it's better to have less friends than just hang out and waste your time with people who are not contributing, who are vampires or negative or not wishing you to be your best. I would say it like this, because people can wish the best for you, but they're not don't really want you to be your best version, and you're the only one who know what is that best version you want to be. Tatiana, I could talk to you forever, but I want to be respectful of your time. Where can we find out more about you? Where can we, we'll follow you on Instagram. Is there anywhere else that you would direct us to learn more about you, to what you're doing, the movies you have coming out, training with you, whatever that would be, or would you direct everybody? Yeah, I I am constantly on Instagram and it's really actually me. It's at T-E-T-I-A-N-A-G-A-I-D-A-R at Tatiana Gaidar. Tatiana, not Tatiana. Tatiana is Russian. Tatiana is Ukrainian. <laughs> Tatiana. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. And on YouTube, I am on Terran Tactical. And you can also see my Terran Tactical Instagram too. It's at Terran, T-A-R-A-N, Tactical. I'm always reading all of your guys' comments, DMs. I have trouble to go through them because I have so much. So it takes me more time. And I always say people, if you want to hear from me the fast in a DM, under any of my posts, recent posts, just tag me on Taryn on my Instagram and I will get back to you faster. I mean, she's got hundreds of thousands of followers. So yeah, I mean, even as we were setting this up, you're just like, here's my cell number. Let's just connect here. This is so much easier than fighting thousands of DMs. Yeah, because emails, I have so many auditions to go through and stuff. Sometimes it's just like lost. And then I open the email and then I, I think I answered, but I actually never answered to it. So Tetiana Gaidar. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your inspiration, for everything that you're doing. And I just wish you all the best of luck in everything you're doing. I can't wait to see you on the silver screen and even more movies and doing even more stuff with your positivity. So thank you so much for your time. It's so sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Okta Nonverba. This message resonates with you. Please share it out with others on social media. Hit that subscribe button and leave a review for the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please go to MarcusAureliusAnderson.com and join his Octa Nonverba Inner Circle to get exclusive content, news, and information. Until next time, remember talk is cheap. Live your life based on actions, not words.